So you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody, or you're nobody. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. It's time to just look under the hood. No stone should be unturned. I don't even know what that means. Look under I got an engine underneath my hood. Most important thing in business is honesty. Integrity, hard work. Family. Never forgetting where we came from. Hey, pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Welcome to the Under the Hood podcast with Jonathan Hood. Welcome to the Under the Hood Show podcast. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, on twitter.com, tweetjhood. Also on Instagram, igjhood. Our special guest is a return guest on the podcast, and that is comedian Corey Holcomb from Chicago. He was able to work with Gottfried, another Chicago-era comedian over the years, and now he has a very popular YouTube show, and it takes place every Tuesday night. It is the 5150 show with Corey Holcomb. We talk about a number of things in our conversation, talking about George Floyd, of course, the initial reaction to George Floyd and, and his murder, how things are going on in Corey's life right now. We also talk about Hollywood, some things that maybe you and I don't know about Hollywood. Um, he's made it very clear that he's not really messing with Hollywood very much and not messing with him. Um, so we'll talk about that. Also, what is it like to be on a date during COVID-19? He's going to give us some dating advice and so much more. Our conversation with comedian Corey Holcomb on the Under the Hood podcast. Let's start here because I, I want to talk to let people know about your app, the uh, Corey Holcomb 5150 show app. Uh, download it while we have our conversation with Corey Holcomb. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood right here on ESPN 1000. Corey, thank you, fam, for being on the show. How's life for you right now? Uh, I, I I never complain too much about anything anyway. Um, they, they, they didn't shut my business down um, to a point where it's really frustrating. But I will find a way. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, of course, you're from the shy. Of course, you're going to find a way. And that's why you got your cash app called Joke Bag. Oh, yeah. And I want to say to all my people from the uh, <laughs> 150 show and everywhere else, um, with donations, man, it was it was really needed because I'm moving um, into a new place to do my um, 5150 show. And uh, there's a there's a, uh, a musical project I'm working on that's independent that I'm doing. And, um, yo, people help me out with that, man. And I man, I'm I'm humbled by this. I yeah. appreciate everybody who helped me out. Which which is it's really cool because that's real love when you go on live on YouTube and people are just you know dropping money off at Joke Bag. I, at first I'm like, is that really his Cash App name? But no one else had Joke Bag, so you took it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like, and, and there, you know, there was a time when I was before this pandemic kicked in. I always felt weird in donations, but I was bold enough to, to to ask and take donations, especially since this pandemic has kicked in because. 
I'm not sitting still. I'm I'm really trying to get things done with this musical project that I'm very proud of. I thought it would be done by now, but yo, man, hard work and this music. I, I got so much respect for people who do music now. It's not it's not easy. Well, to come out with quality stuff. Okay, could you tell everybody one of those those cuts on this new musical project that you're working on? I know you got some songs already locked in, like Prince. Ah. <laughs> hey man, you appreciate Prince and Michael Jackson and all the greats when you start doing music. You be like, "Wow, those guys, those guys were good." You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I'm bold enough to say I I can't match Prince musically, <laughs> but I've got something to offer this game, this music game. I got something to offer, and it's like um, I, I'm I'm for people to hear what I'm doing because I know it's going to hit. I, I, I got something to offer. I'm not Prince. <laughs> <laughs> what, what Prince does, you know what I'm saying? That's one thing. What Corey Holcomb does is another. But they're both needed in the music game. If, if, if I'm going to try to put my little, uh, yo, I'm, I'm good also thing in there. I don't do what Prince does. I, okay. I do what Corey Holcomb does. But I, I, I think Prince, I appreciate Prince so much now. Yeah, I mean, that dude, I mean, he still probably has another 20 years of albums. I I was at his uh, his place, the place where he lived and where he recorded. It's like, for people that have never been there to, like, suburban Minneapolis, it's like four, it's like four Home Depots. That's how big his, his place was. And so it was like a three-hour tour you could take, and I was just like, wow. You know, the thing, my takeaway from Prince was, he's great, but boy, that guy was really small, really short. Oh, yeah, a lot of people don't know how short he was, but I I get it now, the high heels, yeah. It's like one day I saw that guy, I saw that guy Judge Joe Brown in the mall, and he had on high heels because he was short. <laughs> <laughs> he got a long robe-like cape thing, and I was like, I see the heels, I see what's happening there. Short. <laughs> is, I didn't know that about Joe Brown. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing heels, bro. Yeah, he's a little guy. <laughs> see, that, see, this is what happens, man. You have authority. You got a big black robe, big old, you know, uh, mustache, you know, and then you think that that guy looks six six on the bench, but you're saying he's a right. little guy. Yeah, he's a runt. He's a runt. He's, <laughs> he's the puppy in the litter that goes last. I didn't know that. Okay. okay. See, so he learns something every day. I didn't know that. All right. Big, big old mustache from, uh, from judge Joe Brown. Um, I, I've not, I've not spoken to you, Corey, since, um, the, what's been going on with George Floyd, uh, and his murder by the, at the hands of police. So I want to do a little catch up with you and just get your reaction to the, the news, not just with Floyd, but every day you are getting some kind of story about police brutality, uh, issues with police and citizens across the country with black folks? Well, you know, the leadership in this country, not just with um, this guy, Mr. Trump, mm -hmm. uh, the leadership in this country has everything in chaos. The moral people of America, we try to fit in, but it's set up where the bad guys, the bad guys have the better life here in America. And I'm not talking about just the bad guys on the street. Um, there's a lot of cops who are bad guys. I, I say that to be nice. If you're a cop, you're a bad guy because you know what goes on in the police force. And 
if you don't if you can't do anything about it how does that make you a good guy there's a brotherhood in this police force where there are cops who may want to say something about what they see but they will be fired and ousted if they speak the truth the police in this country are out of control with what they do to uh, all citizens especially blacks because there's no repercussions for what you do to black people. As I, all this stuff is, uh, has been happening, I found out that, you know, if the police kill you, chances are they're going to beat the case. I don't know why people hold up their camera phones like, oh, this will make a difference. But the laws are set up where the police get to do what they want to do. And the black citizens are definitely the ones they're going to pick out and do dirt to because we're the ones that don't have the representation to do something about what happens to us. Yeah. Well, um, the, the, I will ask about what's been going on, you know, especially after in the light of his murder. Corey, for me, it, it rang a little bit different as far as the reaction of people. And here's how it started. Like, it's one thing to protest here in the shy and pro- protest in New York and big cities. But when I saw that that Instagram of people like in Salt Lake City and I saw in places like that and Portland still lit even to this day and around the world, I said, well, this is a, a little bit different than just your garden variety police kill a black person and then move on to the next thing. It it really it has some sustainability for a while. Well, you know what? I want to say this. Uh, out in my neighborhood where I live, I stay in near Oaks, California, mm-hmm. and um, um, here's what I see. I see these people out protesting with these Black Lives Matter um, signs, and it's not a lot of black people protesting, and they're still there today. And I say to myself, wow, what passion for what happened. But then I'm just watching because I stopped for a second, and I just, I just watched what was happening. I was like, yo, this is a business. I don't know this for sure. You know what I mean? But I'm watching these people. I'm like, this isn't passion. This is a job. These people are these people are working out here, holding up Black Lives Matter signs. And that means something to me. It's like you're perpetrating your purpose. You understand what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not knocking anybody for speaking up for what's happening. But, yo, I can I could go right now and send you video of this corner in California. It's, it's right on Ventura and Sepulveda. It's a corner of people protesting Black Lives Matter, and most of them are not black people. And I was like, when I first looked at it, I was like, yo, feeling just like you did. I was like, yo, this is, this is something that may move into um, a phase in America where something is done about this, this awful reality we live in as black people. But I don't know. I just don't know. I can't say what something is for sure. But as I watch these people, as they stand outside with their signs, they look like they're working. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's, it, 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 it's like, yo, it, it makes a difference to me. It's like, so you guys are paid to be passionate looking <laughs> you know, wow. <laughs> Nothing's real in California. Even when you go to the to the weight room, I don't even think it's really a hundred pounds you're lifting. That's really eighty pounds. 
go to Corey Holcomb's 5150 show app and also catch him on YouTube, youtube.com, the 5150 show on Instagram as well. As Corey joins me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So I'll, I'll ask you, Corey, like, okay, so are they working us? Are those people working us as black people? Are they, are they working each other? Like, cause everybody works something like I'm working this girl to be able to get her to be with me. I'm working this job to be able to get to a, so what are they like? What are they working? What are those people working that says black, black lives matter? Well, when you look on the television and you see the country protesting, what's happening to um, like what happened to George Floyd, Mm-hmm. Um, you don't feel alone in the fight anymore. But um, when I see what I see, I feel like they're working the cause. The cause has become somewhat of a a joke to me. Listen, man, if we really want to be to have this country where people are treated fair, uh, regardless of their race and everything, um, I think we need more than people who are counting on their paycheck for protesting to be protesting because protesting becomes like a business instead of something that is full of passion and out here like, Hey, whatever, because they're in a safe part of town protesting. Can you understand what I'm saying? If you don't, I understand, but I'm saying like you're in the safe zone, acting like you're standing up for something. The safe zone over here um, on Sepulveda and Ventura where chances are nothing's going to happen for you doing that it's kind of taken away from the people who stood in front of rows of police and got trampled got tear gas got everything you know what i mean it means something to me to me it means something and i don't know like i said i'm open for criticism for what i feel about it but i'm like yo this is this isn't real this is like when you're a rich guy with a with a young, pretty girlfriend. It's something about that that doesn't feel right, right? When you right. When you see, like, the guy, he's in his he's in his mid-60s, and he's got, like, this 30-year-old attractive woman, but he's rich. It's like all of a sudden you see something, but you never say it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. So that's like how I felt when I saw that. I'm like, ah, I don't know, guys. What you're doing, I mean, it's cosmetic. Ah, so you're saying, see if I got this right. And and I've I've heard the same opinion. This you're not alone, Corey. Like I've heard this before. So Black Lives Matter in a lot of ways for a lot of businesses and people in the streets are is being commercialized instead of being taken for real. Hey man, it hurts to see those young people out there with the signs that are mainly Caucasian people, and you can tell they need the money. That's why they're there. They're not there for the cause. And the location, like I said, meant a lot to me as well. I was like, there's nothing happening over here. <laughs> this is this is a safe zone. They don't even allow homeless people sleeping over here. <laughs> we're, we're the, in California, there's a lot of homeless people because there's no real winter here. Right. But there's certain areas where they just don't allow homeless people to camp out. And that's where they're out there protesting in the safe zone. And I'm just like. Yo, man, it's something about this that needs to be researched. Why are these people out here? And if they're out here just for the paycheck, does that mean something to some people? Well, I tell you, yeah, it means something to me because um, Black Lives Matter, the statement, 
is serious to me. Our lives matter. So many people were killed by the police. So many people were killed on the way over here as we were brought over here into slavery, just tossed off the boats as we got sick on the boats or whatever. You, you were like nothing. You, this this struggle that we have lived is a lot more to me than a business where you can have people stand outside in the safe zone and say what's safe where there are no repercussions for it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not about that. I know you still got tentacles and know what's going on in our city. Um, it's just, uh, I remember the last time we, yeah, we talked, you, you mentioned that the amount of murders that we see are not necessarily citizens, black, black on black crime, or just people shooting each other that you felt that there were outside forces that are causing this violence more so than residents. Do you still feel that same way? Yes, I feel that same way, but mm -hmm. le let me say this. The children are out of control in all communities, but our community is going to get the worst of it because there aren't many resources for the kids to take advantage of. Like, if you're, if you're brought up in a bad situation, chances are you're going to have to find a way in that bad situation. And the ways that they find... It's sad. It's, it's like, yo, there's a whole generation of black youth that are brought up totally misguided. I saw a, I saw this TV, a, a movie. It was um, Back to the Future 2. And I think everybody needs to watch this when the guy Biff, the character on Back to the Future, Biff is the president. It's mm -hmm. what's happening right now. This was on a movie from years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, everything is... I'm not blaming Donald Trump for everything that's going bad, but I do want to say that he was a part of the, okay, it's supposed to be this way type of culture where everybody's in chaos. The racists are not scared to speak out about being racist. The, um, the hopelessness in the hood is, it, it's scary, man. These, these kids need to be, reprogrammed all together or it's just going to get worse. Chicago's own Corey Holcomb with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We ask you to download Corey's uh, app. It's the Corey Holcomb 5150 Show app. And also check him out on YouTube, youtube.com and Instagram. Look for the 5150 Show. Okay, so I'm you recently... Yes, I'm I don't. And, don't forget about the, the. Don't forget about the Cash App. Don't forget about Joke Bag. Also part of the Cash App for for Corey. Um, you've been saying a lot uh, over the year because what I do is when I when I listen to your show, I just put it through the YouTube when I'm driving. I just listen, you know, like a radio show, like a like a, just any other podcast. So, um, you you've been saying a lot that Hollywood doesn't really fuck with you, and so you if, maybe you could give us a little insight of what Hollywood is like on, from your standpoint, because we don't know we're on the outside looking in. So what, what is wrong with Hollywood? What's the bad about Hollywood? Well, Hollywood, when I say Hollywood don't fuck with me, it's because I'm not being walked in the door by the gatekeepers. I'm not saying they won't fuck with me, but I'm saying I don't have a gatekeeper. I, in fact, I right. avoid the gatekeepers because it's like, it's a lot of things that I'm not willing to do. I'm not going to put on a dress. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have a lipstick on and 
And, and people will say, oh, it's just acting. Well, it's not acting to me. Right. Um, there are people who are counting on me to conduct myself in a way that shows strength. And Hollywood uses a lot of brothers to show the opposite of strength. And I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not going to, it may seem small to some, but it's not small to me. I must be portrayed as somebody of strength because there's not enough brothers who are portrayed as men of strength on television now. So when I say Hollywood ain't messing with me, it's because they don't really have positions for people like me on television. They have positions for people who are going to look weak, going to look like they're a man who wants to be a woman, going to look like um, some way that's not a it's not a figure of strength. So I yeah. hope that changes as well. You know, I, I'm going to need you to write a book on that, Corey, because I think there's a lot of chapters of that. Right. Like it's don't wear a dress. Don't bite the chicken on camera. Like there's a lot of stuff. Right. That, you, that we should be doing. Right. Yeah, and the reason we shouldn't be doing it is because we know why they want us to do it. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's okay to crack a joke here and there, but I watch, when I watch television, I watch it without the uh, sound on purpose because I just watch what they have the men doing. And then when I do cut on the sound and I hear the guys talking, a lot of the guys sound like this. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean, man? I'm not dumb, man. I'm watching what's happening, man. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've noticed my, the same my, thing. The company, the, uh, CNN, I watch most of the brothers who are anchors on there. Yes. And I, like I said, listen, man, you be who you're going to be. But it's a disproportionate of brothers on CNN who um who sound a certain way and we we know what it is yeah i'm just yeah. saying and i don't think that's fair we need to have a brother on cnn with a strong black voice that we can hear and be proud of because he's a strong brother I'm not saying you're not literally strong if you talk like this <laughs> but i'm saying we oh, need no. that, that strong male voice from the hood projected <laughs> On television more, and not uh, as a murderer, killer, or pimp, or something like that. Yeah, I, I think I know. I think I know the several of those you're talking about. Yeah, um, Corey Holcomb with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Um, is there any dating advice that you can give during COVID nineteen? Uh, well, the thing about me when it comes to dating in this. COVID-19 era. Yes. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm picky, but it's like, yo, what can you do? How can you not get exposed to COVID-19? I just got my hair cut. My barber had COVID-19, tested positive. Then once he tested negative, he sent the results to me and his customers so they can see he's negative now. And I just got my hair cut right now. And I'm scared. <laughs> of what he tested before but I also understand 
what can I do about this when there are so many people out here who have this virus inside of them who don't show symptoms, whatever? It's, it's like I'm almost like, yo, if I get it, I want to be like my barber. Just get it and get it over with. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I believe my body, my body right now is strong enough to handle what comes with it. I believe that. I don't know, but there's nothing we can do, so you might as well go after the cute girls. You don't want to get COVID-19 from a girl who's built like a bear. You want to get it from a girl that you could be like, hey, look, this girl gave me COVID-19 because she's attractive. Everybody could be like, oh, I see what happened to you right there. If you got a bear-built girl who gives you COVID-19, hey, you were meant to have it. Do you have any advice for uh, for Dr. Dre? I know you saw this story, right? Where Dr. Dre's wife is challenging a $1 billion divorce. The, the, I guess there was a prenup that's in place, but she's challenging it. $1 billion for Dr. Dre. That guy, now that, there's a guy there that is the, is the goat, that he has a prenup. $1 billion on the table? He's made that much, huh? Yeah, man. And I, I totally root for Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre, um, he, um, when they were doing their Beats Pill promotion, mm-hmm. Dr. Dre brought me in, and I was supposed to just be a writer. But then after he heard me talk and we shared a couple of laughs, Dr. Dre made me one of the um, characters with the Beats Pill. And mm-hmm. the whole time I was around the brother, he was selfless. Not selfish, everybody. Selfless. Mm-hmm. So I root for Dr. Dre and all the guys who wind up getting married with money because I think the trend is once your money-earning potential starts to dip down, a lot of the ladies just try to get their part and leave. And that says a lot about who you chose, and it also says a lot about who the ladies are. So what do you say about Dr. Dre? What is it? Did he make a mistake there? Or because he was always going to be great. What is, what is, what was the question about Dre? I'm, I'm just saying like you, like, did he make a mistake there? Because he's all, he, you know, he's always going to be great. Like whoever he's going to be with, you know, he was going to make a lot of money. So. Yeah, he made a mistake. We all make mistakes. <laughs> um, if, if your wife leaves you at this stage of life, yeah. you made a mistake. I think that's across the board. Let's say if let's say if you're 40 plus and mm-hmm. you've been married more than 10 years, if your wife wants to get away from you, you made a mistake. Now, the reason she wants to leave, I don't know. But if she wants to get away from you and you guys are in your 40s, 50s, you made a mistake. That's not your life partner. That's somebody, especially in Dr. Dre's situation, that's somebody who was around while it was good. But, you know, like later in life, it's not as sweet as it used to be. You can't run as fast. You need to take pills to do magical things at home. (laughs) And I'm just saying, if they don't want to stick around with you during them times, you've made a mistake, brother. (laughs) And trust me, I'm speaking from experience. I understand. I understand. I've I've seen what you had to say about that. Um, so I I do want to ask you, Corey, and don't forget to to download uh, Corey Holcomb's Fifty One Fifty Show app, and don't forget to also follow him on YouTube. YouTube dot com. Look for uh, Corey Holcomb's Fifty One Fifty Show, and on Instagram as well as he talks to me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN Chicago app. Um, so clearly, 
there's been people that have talked to you and about jokes that you have made. There's a lot of sensitive people in this world. And I just kind of figured it out just based on your reaction to some of these people on jokes that you make is that th- there's an intersection of being real and being and satire. There is a difference between being real and satire. And sometimes they meet in the middle and people seem like they have a hard time accepting that this is a time where we need to laugh, uh, what there's with unemployment and the, the not sure about what's going on with COVID-19, but yet people don't understand the difference or can't accept real and satire from you. Do you, do you experience that? Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing I can do about it because what I do works. It's how I've paid my bills. I'm from Robert Taylor homes. Mm-hmm. I drove to California on a revoked license. Okay. So I've found a way to make a way doing what I do. So if somebody has something to say about it, I, you know, it's their opinion, but unfortunately now people are losing their jobs over comments. They say, and I really think that's unfair. That's, that's not right. But yo, if you want to find out who someone is, ask the people who know them. Don't ask, don't, don't, don't hear somebody say something one time and then that's your judgment on who that person is. The people who know me, I'm confident will have something to say about me that won't make you think I'm a bad guy. People who know me. Now, people who don't know me, I don't know what they'll say about me because they may be judging me off something I said as a joke at a moment of time in my life. So, mm-hmm. You know, what can you do about stuff like that? I know I'm not going to worry about it. I want to keep doing what I do because I have a fan base that appreciates what I do. I hope my fan base grows. But sensitive people, my opinion about them, yo, what can you do to make them happy? They're never happy anyway. Yeah. No, that's true. That's that's absolutely true. Do you have some shows coming up, Corey? Yeah, I got shows coming up, man. I'm 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 fortunate enough to be working in Orlando, um, the 14th through the 16th at the um, Improv out there in Orlando, Orlando Improv, and uh, I know the NBA is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, I think the WNBA is out there. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, I want to I want to find one of those WNBA girls and. Uh, Spend some quality time with them, with some of those medical pills that I'm working with nowadays. And uh, just because I, I don't know, I just like to see the athletes run up and down the floor. And, yeah, I'm sure. You know, yes. I may not get one of the cute ones, but that doesn't matter to me. As long as they got a WNBA jersey, I can beg them for when I'm leaving. <laughs> Yeah, I can. Are you going to knock on the bubble door? Because that's the whole thing. You know, they're all sequestered in the bubble. Like, I, I can't see Corey Holcomb in that bubble life. I think that you'd be like my man Lou Williams from the Clippers and just kind of break out, and just go to Magic City for a few days. Because that's that's tough, man. Right. You you stay there the whole time. I mean, that bubble life is something that sounds great. But come on, man. We, we, we know what's happening, man. We just got to <laughs> hope that a whole bunch of people don't get infected. And it infects our playoff viewing because we want to see the athletes run up and down the floor. With this pandemic, a lot of us realize how much we love to see the Titans in the NBA, the Titans in the NFL. Because, you know, the NBA and the NFL are the biggest and strongest and fastest of us all. We like to see them compete against each other. So I'm hoping that this imaginary bubble doesn't burst 
because uh, some of the WNBA girls, as I look at them, I know I will be successful flirting with them. So I'm just saying, good luck with the bubble situation. That's all I'm saying. So this is this is an official uh, uh, this is an official invite for the WNBA ladies if they want to come see you right in Orlando. Well, I'm going to find a way to come see them. I've seen a oh. couple of men in black, men in black creature looking WNBA <laughs> players, and uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, no. I'm going for the gusto, man. I'm going for the gusto. <laughs> and, and, fi- and finally, Corey, I, I want to just ask you, man. See, you got to since we're all Chicagoans, man. We're all from the city. You, I think it's it's incumbent on you, Corey, to reach out to Kanye and and bring him into the fold, the fifty-one fifty fold. I think you. Y'all need to have a conversation. You got to help him. Help him out. I, I believe he's absolutely insane. And <laughs> I don't think nothing I have to do to that guy can help him. I think he needs to make sure that he swallows his pride uh-huh. and stay on his meds or mm-hmm. go find a witch doctor somewhere because what that guy did last time I saw him, it confirmed what I already knew. I was like, this guy is out of his mind. I almost killed my daughter. I was like, okay, get this guy some apple juice and take him to the back room. I don't know what to say. Okay, well, <laughs> I just thought that you like... I hope that like... this is but... Yo, you know, there are people in life, man. We just have to realize, okay, yeah, they're not right. Back in the yeah. day, our family members that wasn't right, we would always try to keep them in, in the basement or whatever. Like that. <laughs> oh, Nowadays, our family members that aren't right, they have rights. So, you know, we just have to say, oh, hey, Kanye, how you doing today? And hope he took those pills that calm him down. <laughs> So there it is. So I was hoping that maybe he'd be in the fifty-one fifty-fold, but I guess Kanye will be all right. I guess he'll all right. Well, well I would mind having him in the fifty-one fifty-fold because I don't think he could beat me up. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Kanye could whoop me, so he could come on the show. But all the crazy people that I feel like I I couldn't control, I would be scared to have him on the show. But I, I would like to officially invite Kanye come on the show just. FaceTime me when you're taking your pills that morning. That's all I need you to do. <laughs> the 5150 show, you, uh, get Corey Holcomb's app wherever you download your apps as well. Let's check out the podcast and the YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Corey Holcomb, uh, the 5150 show, also on Instagram as well. I'm glad we was able to catch up, Corey. I just want to get your thoughts on some of these events and uh, uh, all the best to you as you make your, your way to Orlando. That should be fun for you. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Keep doing your thing, your thing, my man. And it's going down in Orlando next week. Orlando Improv, August 14th through 16th. I'm going to try to see if I can sneak the little WNBA girl. Who that, I don't know which one I'm going to get. I probably won't be proud of them, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm in the WNBA, and oh, I can ask for the jersey after we're done. <laughs> Thank you, Corey, as always, for being on Under the Hood, man. Appreciate you. Okay, man. I'm, I'm going to get my Bigfoot girl thing on. I'll see you <laughs> soon, man. All right, man. <laughs> Later. <laughs>